Happy Earth Day. Hey. Happy Earth. Earth. And rebirth. And here we Hey, Ramon. Hey, we hey. have a, a sitting in here at the at the sitting here as a co-host, my brother Ramon. Hey, Ramon. Hey, Dave. Because uh, Val is being honored by her by her high school for all the special work she does with Women's Magazine, and for this very show called Common Thread Collective. I want to mention uh, to kick it off, and it was several times, the Wednesday, April 27th, for the first time in some 30 years, as far as I know, it never happened. AFT, that's the American Federation of Teachers, 2121, that's the local at City College, San Francisco, is having a one-day strike. All campuses, all classes, all day. Fa fa faculty working conditions and uh, uh, faculty, here's the slogan, faculty working conditions are student learning conditions, in other words, supporting one another. And Wednesday is, uh, is, uh, is going to be a one-day a one strike to show that they got some strength, to put, put that put the fit right there on that scale, to say, don't panic, keep it organic. Time to reopen some negotiations and make some things happen. So on uh, Wednesday, on 27th, we'll be out there as students. On Monday, Tuesday, to let our fellow students know on Wednesday, don't cross those picket lines. On Wednesday, don't just not cross the picket lines, but come and join us, because we're going to say on strike, I shut it down. No, wait. Dave. Yeah, this, oh, this is Barry. Barry and I are old, old friends. Barry, one of the first visionaries with the Rainbow Gathering. What about it, Barry? Yeah, I was just, uh, you know. I don't when know. When you say you the word strike to me. Okay. Well, I know what that word strike was because I've been around union workers. But when you're talking about strike, you're talking about there's going to be a line of people with signs that say, don't cross this line so that... Uh, and if you do, uh, you're more or less because of your presence of going into the building, that means you're not supporting the strike. But if you stay outside that line and stand there, then you are supporting the strike. Isn't that what a strike that, means? Generally, that's it. And generally, the fact is, I think a lot of the students, of which there are tens and tens of thousands, are not really aware of. I've been out there flyering. Monday, uh, the, the students who are down with it will be out there flyering, but Wednesday is the strike. Wednesday, they'll be, the, the teachers are not going to be teaching. They're, they're, the Wednesday, all of the entrances to City College, of which there's a number, will be will will will, will have have uh, pick have a, uh, strikers on picket for this one-day strike. Says don't cross our line. But it's going to be totally peace. This is a peace. Total Why peace. not? Of course it will be. Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be peaceful? I mean, that would be self. That would be kind of uh, self, uh, self-incriminating and uh, self. Uh, no, no. This Defeating. is uh, self Yeah. Exactly. Of well, course. I just wanted to be sure about uh, what a strike is in the, in in these days. And I, I, you know, in the traditional sense, this is the kind of strike that union people, many other teachers, uh, students, uh, people have struck against uh, 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 people uh, standing against uh, truck drivers, and so that uh, deliveries of history. ammunition wouldn't happen during Vietnam. There's been many kinds and varieties of strikes. Sit-ins. Sit-ins. General Motors. Legendary, out of which came uh, the UAW, United Auto Workers. Yes, indeed, this is part of a long history. Now, this just happens to you the first time. In my long, uh, lifelong learner at City College, I've heard more than 30 years, maybe never, that people are going to be coming to school on Wednesday, and it will say here, strike, 
I'll say it again, read it again. For the City College, San Francisco deserves. Join the picket line. Wednesday, April 27th, 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. That covers all the various classes, all that's happening. And people, all campuses, all classes, all day. Faculty working conditions, our student learning conditions. Our student learning conditions, they're the students, and it just happened, thanks for pointing this out, but today on the, on the op-ed section of the Chronicle, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a joint uh, article, op-ed means uh, other editorials, uh, signed by Tim Kelly, who happens to be the president, and I'll say once again, AFT, American Federation of Teachers 2121, which is a local at City College, and Valak Narayan, who's a student, and they have their say, City College faculty plans one day strike Wednesday. There it is again. We envision a City College with a broad mission, one that cares for and elevates students and workers. San Francisco needs the educational opportunities City College creates for Bay Area working families and the vibrancy it brings to our economy and culture. Stand with us to defend the City College that San Francisco deserves. We hope we'll join our picket line Wednesday. Oh, that's a goodie. Oh, and all my relations. So that's a goodie. I'll be there Monday. We're going to start Monday leafleting our students coming in to say, Wednesday, don't cross the line. Wednesday, join your teachers because they're going to be out here. Excellent. Could it be more clear? I don't know. I don't think so. And so come by Wednesday. Come by Monday. We'll be out there. Uh, come by Wednesday. Join the picket line. We'll be, we'll be having an uh, informational pegot line on Monday, Tuesday to get people ready for Wednesday. And there's one, two, and that's all. That's not only uh, the uh, Ocean Campus, the main campus, but right here at uh, Mission and 22nd, right across the Revolution Cafe, there'll be a picket line there. Uh, downtown campus and all the different campuses. There's five different campuses at City College. All of them will be on will be picket line. All of them is being worked out as we speak and as we've already spoken. And this is because the uh, the teachers feel they're not receiving enough pay and they're not getting enough. Well, they've uh, taken freedom. cuts and cuts of pay. They tell some of it here. They've taken cuts many times. Now they've the, the, some say it's deliberate. Some say it's uh, kind of deliberate. But we've had many, the, um, the the enrollment rate has gone down, 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 down. That seems to be part of the plan. It's thirty percent lower than it was last year at this time. Wow. And uh, the teachers, uh, faculty and students, uh, let's see. And at the same time, the top administrators of City College, however, have not been leaders during the accreditation. We've had this crisis of they've been planning, they've been threatening to take our accreditation away, too. So there's all of this is going on. Well, there's as many things been happening, and now they, they, now I can say it because we're not, we don't have to worry about saying those words, but that right now the shit is hitting the fan in a good way have not been leaders during the accreditation crisis. In fact, just the opposites. Now they refuse to negotiate seriously with the faculty union, um, and co collective bargaining has unnecessarily plunged the institution into deeper conflict. While hiring more top administrators would have about six-figure uh, salaries um, um, and lavishing pay increases, um, the administration of uh, Chancellor has kept faculty uh, salaries at 3.5% below 2007 levels. Negotiating and blah, blah, all of this is happening. So if you got any questions, we might have some answers. Come by Monday.
Tuesday and Wednesdays for sure. All you folks out there, if you're free, come down and join the picket line. Well, you know, I, Dave, I, I really, uh, other than the fact about you having a strike, which I think is awesome, is the fact that uh, it seems to me across the whole land, I've been traveling down from Montana in places and uh, and I've been watching news and media in the last year or so, and, and, and it sort of seems to me that there's a, a, I don't want to call it an uprising, but there's definitely a, a, a rising up of the consciousness. One more time, uh, young brothers and sisters, younger uh, men and women, who uh, uh, are sort of going, whoa, I should get involved in the uh, in this process. The uh, the because uh, you know back in just a few years ago, it was very difficult to get anyone involved in the electoral process, involved in any of the processes of government and elections and voting and all that because people were like, oh man. Not, you know, my my voice is not heard, but now we have an upsurge. We have a, uh, uh, new voices in the land, strong voices speaking up to let the voices be heard. And now the young brothers and sisters, the younger, the younger people are actually registering to vote. They're standing up to uh, come out on the picket land and do a strike. Uh, they're trying to learn about things. And, and uh, you know, as part of that, of course, is justice. Well, that's what we're definitely encouraging. I mean, we have uh, we have the burn, Bernie uh, getting uh, something like eighty percent of the eighty percent of the voters under thirty. Is that right, oh, Evan? Wow, wow, under thirty, wherever where it happens to be, Iowa, wherever it happens to be, that's been happening. At the same, do we have how many people have been following this, Roman? How many people in the last few days, the last week or so, have been, ar- invented, been arrested right in front of uh, oh, yeah, in uh, right of the guy in D.C.? Is that yeah, right? Hundreds, I thought. Thousands. What's that being called? Uh, it's Operation Spring. Operation right. Spring, and they're springing, and I see the connection with that, with Occupy, and uh, the, all of this coming together in a great flow. And I believe that whatever, that's why I imagine that Bernie is going to say, let's keep this going on through the California primaries June 5th and beyond, because there's an up general uprising going on. People are registering, as you said. People are getting involved, as they said, both here locally at the grassroots and since things that strike April 27th. So this is happening in a multitude thing. And hopefully what, what a, part of what we're doing, you got what, what we're doing, brothers and sisters, is that we're, we're not the voice, but a voice of all that. And we're, we're, we're using that voice right now and being heard around the planet. Mutiny Radio, the Common Thread Collective. We're doing just that well you know uh, uh dave i came all the way from montana for a number of reasons uh well, well let's start with a tell us a bit of some of the re- reason i want to welcome my friend uh, barry here barry and i i go way back to 1980 to uh, barry was one of the original visionaries had that original shared vision of a rainbow gathering way back in 72 and here we still be at it i'll be heading uh, heading in fact for the green mountains of vermont or the white mountains of New Hampshire, Maine, uh, and uh, uh, not so, not so far away in the beginning of June. But go ahead, uh, Barry. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get the show on the road. Well, my vibe is uh, what I'm trying to do is uh, when people are out there and the and the young brothers and sisters, young people are waking up, and maybe there's some people that haven't been in the process for a long time, and they're beginning to say, well, you yeah, know, I might have a voice if I join with these young brothers and sisters, young people. And what I'd like them to remember, and 
which might have been forgotten. You know, the word strike was sort of like, hey, this is what a strike means. It's not like a strike. There's many, many versions. There's many translations out there. The government has their versions. The anti-unionist people have their versions. But a strike is a good way to to really express your voice, to stand on that picket line and be uh, very, you know, very open and communicative and, and uh, with other people. Well, in all of this, I'd like to hear uh, of the voices one more time calling for justice for Leonard Peltier. Well, we're about to get to that. That's exactly right. That's part and parcel of what we're doing. We're planning to be in uh, D.C. Uh, sometime after the gathering. Some, we're going first to Philly. Uh, we're having a caravan uh, for the, 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 leaving those mountains, heading for Philly, uh, so we can be feeding the people outside the gates of the Democratic Convention. And then we're coming up back, back up to the Green Belt in D.C. And as we did in Thanksgiving, we're going to be speaking up for Leonard Peltier. But let's go back to the side of the strike. And the many ways that uh, that get, it's going to be happening, it's going to become a more and more familiar word, as people get around and realize that that's that's uh, that's another that's another uh, strategy we have that's useful here at the grassroots, and we'll be having more and more of it. Where we we're whatever way that we get there and speak up uh, for Leonard, Mumia, all political prisoners, but particularly we mentioned Leonard Peltier because of our connections and because, in many ways, as people know, I call in from there, from in front of the White House on Thanksgiving, because we were there because what came out of the Black Hills was the uh, was the Lakota Rainbow uh, Alliance and we, we came together again right in front of the White House for Thanksgiving. Well, what yeah. a good place to be. Well, now, uh, I'm really trying to do now is simply trying to add my voice, as many others as Dave is and other people, to bring the name of Leonard Peltier and the person back into the public mind and the people's mind because, in fact, Leonard may or may not, uh, Peltier's case may, may or may not be known, but he's been, in, uh, he's an indigenous and American, Native American, who's been in prison since 1975. Uh, and we've been working many, many years to get him out of jail. Uh, the last time there was a real push uh, to get Leonard Peltier pardoned. He's in Leavenworth Federal Prison all no, these a, years. He's in Florida now, but go uh, ahead. Oh, he's in Florida now. But in all these years, and uh, uh, during the Clinton years, the last days of Clinton, there was a real push to try and get uh, Leonard Peltier pardoned mm -hmm. by Clinton, and we almost made it then. And uh, the ex-U.S. Attorney General Ramsey Clark was brought the evidence to Clinton himself, personally spoke up about it. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of fear. Uh, and, and then Clinton, at the last moment, there was a, a great big uh, sort of protest filed by a lot of uh, law enforcement people who had, uh, you know, had the myth that uh, Leonard Peltier uh, actually w had done this crime, all of this, and so Clinton did not pardon Leonard Peltier. We're hoping that President Obama this time will pardon Leonard Peltier. There's other people there, too. But this life matters for a lot of beings, for a lot of reasons, and that leads into our own personal freedom and liberation. Uh, Leonard Peltier has become uh, a symbol by the government for many, many years of the war against the people. And, in fact, he's been a 
pardon my language, a prisoner of war for all these years. And if we want to end the war against the people, end the war against the people on the streets, end the war against the young blacks and, and the whites and the hippies, and the, end the war, we, the red people, we need to end the war by release of prisoners, just like in Cuba. We keep calling for amnesty and release the prisoners out of, the, out of Cuba because we're getting good relations. Well... If the government of the United States want to have good relations with the people, the President Obama and the Congress and all these people want to have good relations, better relations with the people of this country, then pardon Leonard Peltier and some others. And one of the, um, uh, and, uh, and of course, there's a little bit of footnote here. Uh, one thing that a president can do in his last days and his last months and his last year at this time is that he can pardon people pretty well as he feels free to do it. And uh, Leonard Peltier has been in jail for 40 years. I spoke to him when I was just, what? I spoke to him. We talked about uh, a number of things. talked about when the rainbow and, uh, and uh, the Leonard first came together when they were having their, uh, when he was having his appeal there in St. Louis. And we rolled in and got the camp for the dog soldiers and the elders who were coming in to ask them to be freed way back then in 85. Oh. But we're still at it. And we're still at it, and uh, Obama does have that right. He will be he will be giving pardons. That's uh, that's within the that's uh, something within what a president has uh, has the ability, has the right, and uh, has the power. So pardon pardon us, uh, Obama. Pardon Leonard. We're all saying that, and so there it is. So call the White House, let people know, and it's it's uh, to be continued. To be continued. That's for sure. In these last months, in these. Uh, wanting days of the presidency of uh, of, uh, of Obama and support the campaign that uh, uh, of the uh, traditionals and uh, people out of the rainbow and people out of many many other uh, uh, scenes are going to be coming together on a march out of the a walk out of the uh, rainbow gathering in the northeast over the 4th of July this year. Then they're going to uh, go to, uh, uh, eventually after going to the conventions uh, and, and uh, standing up there and trying to speak the voice there, they're going to try uh, go to D.C. and, and uh, in camp until uh, January 17th, 2017, when uh, Obama leaves office. There's a good chance that Obama in his last days may do a few things. He may actually like... Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, be able to pardon Leonard Peltier. There's a few other pe people. Mumia. Uh, there's some people out there that uh, personally uh, we've been trying for years to get pardoned. We've stood on lines together, my brother and I. We have done many things. It's time to do this. Let's heal the wounds between the people and the government. Well, well said. Now, uh, well said, and I want to let people know over Thanksgiving... Where there's a place just outside of Washington, just on the Maryland side, it's called the Green Belt. It's the campgrounds, and it's, uh, good. there's going to be indigenous people coming from many tribes are coming. We're all going to be camped together, as we do, do, do. We're over Thanksgiving. It was a bit chilly then, but it's going to be warm, warm to this. Uh, the weather is going to be pretty close to hot and perfect, and so come and camp with us. Come camp with us uh, uh, in the, the last weeks of July. And uh, early weeks, you should come and camp with us, and we're going to be uh, collectively making that plea. Is that right? I would hope that people will stand forth and, and call the White House, support the uh, people who are in, in D.C. and the encampment. Uh, 
write letters, uh, talk to your local congressional people. I've asked the people recently. I was at an event over here uh, with uh, Steve Hager and the and uh, a big at the Terrapin Crossroads restaurant over here in San Rafael just a couple of days ago, and we had a, a big thing about cannabis liberation. And in all of that, we spoke about. I asked the the brothers and sisters there, the people involved there, to speak up and and uh, put forth the name of Leonard Peltier again because we need to put it out and there's been people from Hempstock and Portland and people attached to the Seattle Hemp Fest uh, and the people uh, musicians from Colorado and a brother named Busy B is a hip hop artist from the Bronx and you know just a good collection of people and I'm just asking all of them to put forth his name you know it's you know once upon a time they said Mandala would never get out of prison and then voices pardon my language What's this part of my language stuff? I don't get that. What's the language that you're using? What are you asking for pardon for? Well, my language is sometimes I get a little bit radical about stuff. I actually well, say speak very strong about stuff, and people go, whoa, look out now. Well, this be free speech radio. What the fuck, brother? Oh, it's not even like on the that, radio, well. so I can even say what the fuck because this is on whoa, the internet. that's really wild. Well, okay. you know, free speech radio well, ain't yeah. normal where I come from. Well, well, that's where you come from. But we be right here. Is that friend right, Roman? Fucking right. Fucking oh, right, wow. he says. Look at this. We can say, well, look what I also we're, we, we want to give honor to our brother, uh, our, our brother Prince, who passed suddenly from oh, Minneapolis, absolutely. who suddenly passed. And I think we're going to take a break and play a little of his music. In fact, we got a song queued up about uh, just uh, some of this. And let's take a little break and let this sink in and enjoy some music. And then we can get on and talk about cannabis. We talk about rainbow and just keep this flow going. Stay, don't panic. We want to keep it organic. <laughs> Hey Richard, come on in. Richard's got a poem about uh, about uh, Leonard too, don't you, Richard? Well, no, but I have some poems uh, about red lives, red lives matter, that kind of stuff. And I'm yeah, really right. glad to see an old fart like you talking this stuff. Okay, but you know, me. You got to start talking to the youth more, and that's what I'm doing. Well, that's I show I'm... up where they are these days. That's what I'm doing.
to bring you up to date on a developing situation in Los Angeles.
living in the United States Penitentiary, which is the swiftest growing Indian reservation in the country. I've been in prison since 1976 for an incident that took place on the Ogallala Lakota Nation. There was a shootout between members of the American Indian Movement and the FBI and then the local sheriffs, state troopers. Two agents were killed and uh, one Indian was murdered.
sacrifice I have made when I really sit down and think about it is nothing compared to what our people of 100 years ago or 50 years ago or 25 years ago made. Some gave their lives. Some had to stand there and watch their children die in their arms. And so, I mean, the sacrifice I made is nothing compared to those. I've gone too far now to start backing down. I don't give up. Not until my people are free will I give up. And if I have to sacrifice some more, then I sacrifice some more. All right, hey, fine people. Here they be. We've just been joined. We're rolling right along. And Richard, so glad you're here. Me too. And we're just uh, we're we're, uh, we're 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 just winding up once which is Leonard Pelt here. Yeah. Native uh, people, indigenous people. Oh, I just got a text. I just got a text. So Sunday the twenty the Sunday the twenty fourth there's gonna be our organizing rally for Bernie. We mentioned that. Bernie and organizing rally here on Sunday at two o'clock here in San Francisco. I'll try to get more details. We'll bring that to you uh, when we when I if I got something to, something to bring to you. But meanwhile, uh Barry, we were talking about Leonard. That was what was that that we just played? Uh, sacrifice. Well, that, sacrifice. By sacrifice. Robbie Robinson. It's Robbie, uh, Robbie Robertson, and uh, he has uh, he put the music to uh, Leonard's uh, talk that he's giving. And Leonard was speaking behind those. Yeah, that, that was Leonard. That was yeah. And Robbie that himself was Leonard. is also, already <clears throat> is an indigenous guy. But well, you know, right along with Leonard, you know, and, and we're going to hear more and and and, the, and that I just. I wanted to bring in and remember John Trudell. Oh, absolutely. Who was absolutely. one of our great ones. And, uh, and of course, Steve Gaston. We had a few past this year who were just remarkable human beings, CD. But uh, John Trudell, remarkable. Well, in fact, he was here when we, we, we dedicated one of the shows some weeks ago to John Trudell. Yeah. I've, and I've played some John. We can do that again today, too. And we discussed how we sat in that circle. Oh. Up there on that mountain, overlooking Lake Superior, with John Trudell at the Minnesota Rainbow Gathering. Am I right? I sat in circles with John Trudell for a number of times and a number. Well, of I'm places. talking about that circle. I know you got me beat, brother, but I'm not talking about that. I'm saying about that circle. Spoke with John Trudell, and he came to the gathering, and, and we lived with stone and bread. So we looked down, and there was this this uh, this piece that had been supposed to have been left. I'm still a little skeptical. There was found a skinning tool, and we passed it to Trudell, and. Uh, so wow. this is for you. And we were, we were sitting on that mountain overlooking Lake Superior, Lake Superior. That was the Minnesota gathering. And then we went to the teepee. I remember it well. Excellent. But meanwhile, so we dedicated. We could probably find some Trudell. But meanwhile, red lives matter, black lives, brown lives, lives matter. And you had something you wanted to read. Well, just to piggyback on John. Piggyback um, is what we're um, uh, John was um, uh, the one thing I hope everybody got from him was two things. Well, three things really, more probably, but the the main points was um, his humanity, oh. and the fact that he asked everybody to use what intelligence they were given, and to use every bit of it, oh. and uh, and of course uh, his spirit as well. Uh, but it's it's pretty simple stuff, you know. We're we've all given some amount of intelligence. Some have more than others. 
but sometimes the ones who have the most use it the least and the ones who have maybe didn't get as much use it to the full potential uh which is very admirable and anyone who uses their full potentials i think what jesus the hippie icon jesus was all about which was self-realization mm. not the pie in the sky gods so anyway, uh, black uh, lives matter quite a bit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but it seems like every time I hear people talk to somebody, they always leave out. The only person I've ever heard, really, and I do understand that there are probably people saying it, so I'm not saying there aren't. But when it gets to the main media, the only person I've heard it say it was uh, uh, Dr. Cornell West. And he said, red lives matter. In the Usan Empire, do red lives matter? From what is observed, the answer is a full-throated and conclusive no. There are native people found drowned in rivers or found murdered, never investigated as serial killings or as separate murders. When was the first time you heard Red Lives Matter? When was the last time? To the Usan Empire, it's just another dead Indian. Most of the citizens of Usa are amazed to find native people still exist. And when they do, they say, oh, it's too bad what happened to them, when they, without so much as a word about what we still do today. Who is the illegal alien pilgrim? We honor native people by killing directly or indirectly, then honor the person Usa has killed by naming streets or sports teams or cars or on and on and on we name, all in the name of honor. We, mu we make movies of native heroes who are played by anyone but Indians. Indians who do play the roles in these films are named after, that are named after, will not have top billing. Instead, whites who are the supporting roles to the character or the story do. Trust me, if the shoe was on the other foot on any of these issues, gringos with their white privilege will and do raise stinks, but they can't seem to smell their own corruption. When gringos think that they are getting gored, they are the first to complain, scream, and yell, discrimination. Usa, your kindness is malignant with your corrupted thought in your own superiority. You are nothing but the smell of refuse. Oh this is said not in hate, but in sadness and truth. With your passing, we can revisit the totality of the Iroquois Confederation where our form of government is based and include women left out by white Christian men, and we see ourselves as who we are. One, Human one egg. earth, one humanity. These things are always will depend on your humanity. Yeah, that's uh, so beautiful, so right. And I remember John, that reminded me, John Trudell, Minnesota Mike. Uh, Nice. Uh, yeah, Minnesota Brad was the one who brought uh, John Trudell up there. And it was that, it's, and what he always used to say, at that time he had that crew with him called Graffiti. Mm, graffiti, yeah. He was Graffiti Man, yep. John Trudell. And he always used to say, everyone, with the sound of my voice, if you go uh, back, uh, 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 if you go back far enough, there's a tribe within them somewhere. Yeah. Is that right? That's what he would say. That's what he would say. And everyone out there, I'm going to just repeat, hey, John Fidel, everyone out there listening in, downloading, here is a, if you go back far enough, there's a, there's a tribe within this somewhere. And now I want to bring, we're going to get a little break uh, from this. Stick around, Barry, stick around, Richard, because now we got my brother Madison. He's got our three songs, and he's, he's come along with uh, Mona Lisa, who's going to talk a bit about what's happening tomorrow and how it's all connected. Cesar Chavez, 
Earth Day. What's happening on 24th Street? We're going to bring it all together, but I want to have a... It's time for a musical break. So, Mazza, could you give us three songs? I'd love that. Gotcha. Shout out to uh, all my drummers out there who decide to one day play a harmonic instrument. Um, that song uh, was written for my mom uh, and the moon, one of the same. Uh, this next one. Uh, full moon last night. Yes, full moon last night. 
Earth Day today and tomorrow, moon yesterday, we're all lining up. Since you're speaking about this, you're playing a role tomorrow as part of the Yeah, so uh, tomorrow, uh, the Earth Day and Cesar Chavez Day, uh, where the intersection of um, workers' rights and, um, you know, and eco-justice are really coming together in a, in a beautiful way, as, as we really need to be doing in this day and age um, here in the mission. Uh, we're going to be setting up a heart space which is uh, you know, a little healing space where we'll have like meditation, yoga, massage therapy, Reiki, all kinds of, uh, just like a place to decompress. And you know, it's easy to get off on the head with all the politics and, and it's nice to just balance it out, bringing together the squares and the circles. Uh, yeah, and this, uh, next, this next song is actually called uh, Casual Duality, um, or Duality Casualties. I'm still deciding which one. Uh, I'm a little sick, so I'm, I'm gonna, uh, please enjoy the voice cracks as uh, as my <laughs> as my voice fails me. No, it's gonna be fun. I like it that way.
Thank you, Ralph. I would need I ask, but these all be songs of your own composition, yeah. comprehension and composition, and, uh, and cause, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Well, beautiful brother, highly talented human being. Give us one more, will you? All right, I can do one more. Um, I know you can. I bet you could do many more. Hey, Mazden. Mazden. What's up, brother? Mazden, you speak a couple languages here. I hear the English, of course, but what else are you adding to the mix? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking because I almost forgot. So uh, it's actually, both of those songs were in Arabic, but um, each in, the first one is in uh, kind of a broken dialect of Arabic speak, spoken by uh, mostly Nigerian immigrant children to Sudan. Um, a lot of the homeless population of Sudan is... Uh, uh, the, a tribe of, of people from Nigeria called the Falata. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, so it's it's they have this really the really interesting thing about their their kind of patois of Arabic is that um, it's a gen, it's non-gender binary. Uh -huh. 
which is why I do some writing in, in it is because most Arabic is like masculine and feminine pronouns and stuff and it's kind of a gender neutral version of the language which is kind of interesting so. well that's beautiful I want you to welcome me to come back anytime as far as uh, non-John Biden or we got uh, we got Sunnis we got Shias but myself I'd be Sufi that's oh, yeah. non-gender binary too isn't it oh yeah totally. Sufi we Sufi be Sufi as Rumi said, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. I that's see. what we're about, and I see you are too. Thank so you're always welcome here. And that's Thank a good introduction to Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, tomorrow will be a big day. Tomorrow will be the Earth Day San Francisco. I think this is Earth Day Worldwide is today. But Earth Day San Francisco is going to be tomorrow. Why don't you give us a run through what's happening? It's not only Earth Day, but it's also Cesar Chavez. Not non-binary, that's what we're about. Cesar Chavez Day on 24th and Earth Day on 22nd and everything in between. So, so, so of course, you're so welcome, Mona Lisa. Tell us a bit about what's happening uh, thank you Diamond Dave uh, it's gonna be a really exciting day to be in San Francisco absolutely um, we're expecting no less than 5,000 people and it could be way more um, and it's really if you're gonna pick a day to come out and spend the day in the mission this is the day um, it's an important holiday because it's actually combining two very important days, Cesar Chavez Day and Earth Day. And what's interesting about um, April 23rd is that, um, actual Earth Day is 22nd, that's today, and is that April 23rd is the um, day of Cesar Chavez's death. And um, it's a it's a, an opportunity to um, remind people that Cesar Chavez was actually one of the founders of the environmental movement, the modern oh. environmental movement. It had a lot to do with that. And we're talking a lot about the intersection of these two movements, workers' rights as well as the environmental movement. So it's kind of a rebirth day in that case. Ah, rebirth day, Cesar. Go ahead, sister. It's your Earth Day. Okay, well, um, the what's really kind of scary about what's happening um, with the um, workers movement is when you think about the United Farm Workers and you think about how um, the, the effort that's been made to organize there and where why that's being fought against so um, powerfully by um, the, um, the massive um, industrial food complex has to do w with the um, environmental movement very much so as well as the workers movement and one um, perfect example of that is the pesticides that are being used. So um, where you have the communities that are doing the picking and they're out there in the fields and there's been you know many stories of the spray actually being sprayed while people are still out there in the fields. And when you have migrant work, it's hard to keep a track of who's getting cancer, birth defects and things like that. And it's going to be the, the you know, it's the canary in the cave situation where the people who are getting the sickest and who are having having the sickest children are those people who are exposed the most, but there's no way to track that or, or, or even be able to connect the glyphosate and the other chemicals that are being added to the food um, when there's no way to track who's worked where. So that um, that connection between um, really the the environmental movement, you hear a lot about organic food and the importance of for the earth and the importance for our health to eat organic food. Well, you can imagine um, how much higher the concentration of human exposure is for people who are working in it. Oh. 
That's just one important intersection between Earth Day and And one thing, I've got, Sushavez Day has gone on for quite some time on 24th Street. And one part that I remember going back for years is that uh, coming in are many farm workers. Uh, hundreds of farm workers come in particularly for that day on 24th Street. Is that still going on? Um, yes. And um, actually, if you give me a second, I'll pull up the list of who our speakers no, are. No, please um, pull out that I, list I that and you have, play, you have okay, time. Maybe we're doing a, a musical interlude. Um, but I can tell you, like, let me just give you the logistics please, right I, off. I, okay. Yeah, that's what we so, want. Okay, let's do Let's talk about just the the logistics first. So at at 10 a.m. on 22nd and Mission, um, Diamond Dave will be doing the opening prayer circle and really welcoming in the the day and the celebration. Um, At 11 a.m. sharp, the parade is departing from Dolores Park. So that means getting from 22nd and Mission all the way to 19th and Guerrero, which is only four blocks or so, but... um, but it's an important thing to get there by 11 because we're going to need people to help hold up the Soil Not Oil banner. And we want to be able to really march together all the way with the um, Cesar Chavez parade. And so the Earth Day um, and the Soil Not Oil group, that's going to be located at, at the um, or gathering right at the Dolores Park 19th Street intersection before the Lowriders. And I think the um, Alex Nieto group is with the Lowriders. I'm not really, really sure exactly how it's going to but you'll see the big soil not oil banner if you come out there and um just everyone's welcome to come out and march in the parade um the march will um the will the route will take you to 24th and mission and or bryant in mission um or bryant and 24th street rather where um the the parade ends there will be a stage there and there will be some speakers who i will tell you there in a minute and um, mazin will be hosting the heart space right there in that location was um, mazin i thought mazin i thought you're going to be in front of praxis that, that oh yeah right well somewhere yeah, but there, yeah. it'll be on the map and then okay. um, and praxis um actually aaron and mary have made us the most amazing soil not of course, oil banner that's what they do it's yeah. so lovely to have you guys part of our ever-growing circle of collectives take a yes take away, yes sister. praxis is a really important part of the community they teach homesteading there's um you can uh so we can really we're, we're part of part of the um the environmental movement that's really important is for people to realize that we don't need to buy all the stuff that that, that is sold to us that we can sew things we can make things we can cook things you can make your own cleaning products and and practice is a place where you can learn how to do that or get pointed in the right direction and practice is right in the corner at 21st and 24th Fourth and Treat, just kitty corner from uh, Alicad Books, right there on the corner, and you can plug in there. That'll be a perfect spot to have a, to have this, that circle. And do some arts and crafts. And do we some have arts, arts and crafts, crafts there. Connected, connected, yes. connected. Connected. We all be together. connected. Take it away, beautiful. Uh, okay, go ahead. Look at all right. Well, there, there will be four stages that day, so there'll be two on 24th Street, two on 22nd Street, and those stages are going to be going all day long with amazing music and speakers um so i'll put the list of the speakers so while you're doing that if you don't mind i'd like to make put out a uh, uh, a second the motion concerning uh, uh, Cesar chavez and uh, and uh, and the uh, and uh, uh, workers unions actually helping people uh when i uh, i picked fruit for a lot of years uh and up in like in washington state and uh, they used to like uh, come over, and they'd spray, spray like stop, drop on us, and we'd have to like run and, and take our kids. We had kids at the time, and we'd have to throw plastic over the top of our kids, 
uh, just to keep the spray off of them. And uh, we worked with a lot of Mexican workers and other people who came. They lived with us. They were awesome people. They uh, 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 treated us so good. We were, of course, hippies. And uh, and uh, and uh, and uh, when it came time in in, in northern Washington, uh, central Washington, around Tenasca, the Okanagan country, the people like that, uh, people were like had great meetings. Should we? Mexican workers, what should we do with these people? And those of us who were up there actually picking the fruit with them out in the fields, living in the same cabins, trying to get uh, uh, bathrooms installed so we actually had places to go to the bathroom and trying to get them not to spray while we're out in the fields. We went, we stand with these people. These people work good with us. They're great people to work with in the, in the fields. They should be welcomed. Other people who did not work in the fields, of course, had their own opinion. And, you know, every time that you eat a bit of fruit or any lettuce or uh, a lot of the foods and fruits and vegetables and nuts in this country, the, uh, the paper, if you wipe your ass, pardon my language, you wipe your ass, think about it. There's people out there who are planting trees, Mexican people. There are uh, people from all over the world, but they come here, they work their butts off for you. They get paid uh, as little as can be possibly paid them, and they go out there every day. And you know what they get up with? They don't get up whining. They don't get up going, oh, God, this is another tough day in the woods. It's another tough day in the fields. They get up. They got a good vibe. They got a good attitude all day long. They ain't like out there going, growl, oh, God, I hate this apple. I don't want to do this. They are awesome, and they work for you. And they come and from everywhere. And I remember, everywhere. too, that they come from everywhere. I remember when there was also, and I've met them up there, too, Kanaska reminded me. Then we had a group, uh, a whole group of Canadian uh, quasi-hippie, well, actually called the Solar Gypsies. Oh. So we had the Mexican, uh, the Mexican from the field of from, from Mexico, from the South that border up here. We had the Americans, your generation, you guys, and then we had the Solar Gypsies all coming together in the Canasta. Am I right? In Tenasca, that's right. In the Tenasca, and here we are now. So anyway, did you find what you're looking for? I thank yes, you, I Mary. Yes, I did. Okay, so um, the. The speaker list so far that I can see, and there are actually many more, um, but some of the highlights here, um, Penny Opal Plant of Idle No More Bay Area, Movement Rights and Refinery Quarter Coalition, Osprey Oriel Lake, Women's Earth and Climate Action Network, Ella Tivan, Food and Water Watch, Pam Larry, our beloved founder of our California anti-GMO movement, um, um, the label GMOs California grassroots movement, Pam Larry, um, Dr. Ann Lopez, Center for Farm Worker Families, Marilyn Duran, People Organizing to Demand Environmental and Economic Rights, John Hoffman, UC Giltract, um, Giltract, okay. yeah, and that's a, the, we, we could talk about that for a little while too. Celia Gonzalez will, from um, March Against Monsanto will be there, and March Against Monsanto will be um, there at the Earth Day, Cesar Chavez Day Parade as well. Um, Monica Lopez, who is just an amazing grassroots organizer, she's done so much work for this and really put a lot of thought into um, the messaging of this day and the importance of calling out the um, the intersection of these two movements so that we can galvanize our forces. 
Get on, get on the same page. Yeah, get out of the box they put, put us in and pushing the envelope of social, cultural, political, and personal change. Take it away, sister. Oh, and we don't, we can't forget about Val Ibarra. And Val is going, Val is usually sitting in this chair. She's getting honor from her, from her high school for all that she's done today. That's where we have my brother, brother Roman is here, but she'll be here. She'll be the MC. So this could be happening at various stages, various, and I'll be there at 10, I'll be there before 10. At 9.30, I've invited some of the other sisters. So, uh, folks, uh, the, those of you who are listening out there, come to the 22nd Street stage, uh, like around 9.30 or so. We're going to do a uh, we're going to do an opening ceremony, a prayer. I've already given a heads up to our our brother Jorge Molina, who's going to come and add his four directions to it. So this is going to be an amazing day, historical, 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 and his all of that is going to be happening. Thanks yeah, to all of us. Where the parade ends, when okay. the parade ends, stick around because Please that's where around. the rally is going to be. The rally is going to be at 12:15 at Bryant and and 24th Street, I believe, like right around near where Praxis is. And then all uh, all afternoon, uh, yeah, well, practices at I uh, just uh, on 24th and perfect. Then uh, try, then the bands and uh, bands and speakers will continue their 22nd until five or so. Is that right? Uh, I think longer than that. This time it's going to go six, maybe even seven o'clock. And there's some really good music. It'll be good conversation. Cat Delic is going to play. 420, of course. Oh, we hope that maybe Ron Cat might do some Prince tribute. Well, I would that hope day. that. I would hope so. And um, I, let's hope. Rumor has it. And um, then uh, there at 24th and, and um, the 24th Street um, musicians are Anthony Blay Su Charanga. I don't speak Spanish very well. Adelante, the Latin Jazz Youth Ensemble, and the band Daquila. Daquila. Well, this is going to be a, hey, Barry, you, I, I think you're hearing for the first time this is going to be an a, amazing day tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you're hearing it right that, uh, here. I would kind of hope that the uh, the sound, the voice of the people, the, the connection that you make and you put out across the way will be will be heard by the deaf. I mean, I'm talking about people who can't hear. I'm talking about the people who can't understand that there is climate change and that there is. Uh, right now, I just was reading in the same paper uh, uh, that they were talking about the strike at Boston City College. I was talking about City the, College, San Francisco. City College of San Francisco. At the same time, I was reading about how there's a uh, uh, likely to be a very big dry time here in California again. Yeah, at we, the very we have the same moment that I heard on the radio on NPR. Uh, what's his name? Uh, T. Rump, a uh, Tyrannosaurus ass. T. Rump and the uh, and the other guy, uh, the crews. The cr they were like talking about, oh, there is no climate change. The human beings have done no sin. I was just trying to think. I hope that they can hear your voices. I hope they. Well, we're going to hear our voices. It. We got to start somewhere, brother. Yeah, you're going to like this, Diamond Dave. Yeah, yeah go so ahead. We're going to start somewhere, so brother. Theme, we're starting right here. The theme of the rally is sowing the seeds of change. Yes. Um, and the esteemed change makers that that um, that will be speaking at that rally, they're the ones who are really working. They're working boots on the ground to make these changes happen and pulling together the, you know, the issues of farm worker struggles, environmental racism, equity, Mother Earth protection. 
climate change, and the right of the, the right to access to food and water. I mean, those are very simple things. And when we when we talk about the politics of, of the drought in California, it's really important to 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 put this together. So when we talk about this intersection, we're talking about the 99% versus the 1%. It's still that same issue. We are all still part of the same 99%. However, we other, you know, subculturally um, part, we are part all together in this. The, um, the the issue with the water in, in California is that water rights are, are, are based on proximity. And so you have this like gluttonous, wasteful use of water for doing things like um, um, uh, creating flooding for alfalfa, irrigating alfalfa, which is exported to China, which is fed to dairy cows in China, Mm -hmm. and then petrochemically fueled, transported back here as milk from China that and so why we're doing that um, with water when we have and again it is the it is the poorest of the poor who have in California been turning on the tap and nothing comes mm-hmm. out and so with the if those who are closest can just use as much as they want then what what we have is we have drought in other places and using using water for agriculture uh, agriculture is 80 percent of our water use and I get really bored with people telling me to take shorter showers and things like that that's only four percent of our water use in mm. california it is it is vastly more important for us to make a change in the in the, the way water is distributed to um these major um major powerful corporations. so this is going to be what's happening tomorrow is a step along the way there's a step along the way, and there's going to be exhibits. There's going to be tables. There's going to be discussion. There'll be display. There'll be speakers, and there'll be music bringing it all together. Food for the body, mind, and spirit. Am I right? Yes, indeed, and the food is going to be amazing. And I'm loving it. It's going to be a beautiful day. Look, the sun is coming out. We had that bird of cool. But the sun says it's going to be a beautiful day, so come on through. And I'm going to give my, my I want to say personally, I hope to see you. Uh, after 9.30 to by 10 in the morning, right there at the 22nd Street stage, we're going to get together and hand in hand, have a, a prayer together, do the four directions together, and get this gog off in a good way. Am I and right? At, and at 11 a.m., leaving from Guerrero and 19th for the parade, 11 a.m. to be there at Dolores Park to leave, and then at 12.15, the rally will be on 22nd Street. Perfect. A celebration so, of Cedar Chavez who is one of the great voices of the environmental movement in this country, and thankfully so much that uh, we try to remember Cesar Chavez, not only for standing up for people on the ground, but standing up for the earth. Well, that's what, that's what we're doing right here, too. These folks have passed. It's now on. The past shakes hands of the future through the now, right now. And we're dancing sideways down the ribbon of time. The path ahead, that's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow. We're talking about right now. The path ahead lit by the echo behind. So all that's happened before. Now we're going to take another musical rate because I see my friend Drift and my friend coming together to jam together and my friend Bloodflower. Are you guys together? Yeah. Take it away, you too.
Hello, folks. My name is James Conrad, and this is episode 65 of Zurdo Clean's House. Saturday, November 26, 2011, was the day of the San Jose Sharks game against the Vancouver Canucks. Early that evening, Zurdo was seated at a patio table outside a cafe in the Paseo de San Antonio, sipping from a cup of hot green tea. His bicycle was locked to a nearby signpost, and at his feet was a backpack containing a change of clothes, a roll of black duct tape, a set of bicycle tools, a patch kit, and a paper bag containing a pipe bomb loaded with ANFO, its fuse wired to two switches, one to arm the explosive, and the other push button to detonate it. Just after six, Zurdo felt his phone vibrate in his pocket and saw that he'd received a text message from Casey Keene, who had been coming to San Jose every time the Sharks were at home and wandering around downtown searching for a dark blue 2009 Lincoln MKS license plate number 586 NVW. The car belonged to Kendall Reichardt, who, the lawyer who had wrongly prosecuted Zurdo for murder and child molestation. Zurdo opened the message and read it. Come to my friend's house. He's near Park and Delmas. Smiling as he put his phone away, Zurdo donned a pair of black gloves, walked toward his bicycle, unlocked it, mounted it, and rode to that same corner where, sure enough, he found the blue Lincoln. License plate number 586NVW. He coasted over, dismounted his bicycle, flipped it over, set it on the tree lawn, took the set of tools from his backpack and acted as though he was tinkering with the brake cable. He turned his head to the right, paused to gaze down to the street, then took a long look to his left. Once he was sure nobody was watching him, he removed the roll of duct tape from his backpack, tore off a pair of strips about an inch and a half wide by three inches long, and stuck them to the first two fingers of his right hand. Next, he grabbed the paper bag with the pipe bomb and fished out the button wired to the fuse. After taking another hard look around him, he turned around, taped the button to the tire, reached inside the bag to arm the bomb, then slid the paper bag underneath the car's fuel tank, taking another quick look around and once again seeing nobody was watching him. After fiddling with the cable for a few more moments, he checked the air pressure in his tires, made sure his rims were true, then moved his bicycle right side up, climbed upon the saddle and began to ride southeast down Dalmas Avenue. Feeling his cell phone vibrate in his back pocket, he paused, took it out, and saw that Casey had sent him a text. I'm over by the Discovery Museum. The back door is open if you need a place to put your bike. Zurdo put his phone back away and kept on pedaling. As soon as he found Casey's van, he opened the back door, climbed inside with his bicycle, and began to change his clothes as Casey hit the gas, moving south towards Santa Cruz, stopping off at a Goodwill donation box in Willow Glen along the way.
Okay, perfect, you guys. So good to hear everybody. What do people think? Here we are together, together, once before. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Roman. Yes, Dave. Roman, you'll be, uh, you're going to be, uh, Roman is sitting in for Val because Val is getting certain honors. She'll be there tomorrow as I'm uh, re 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 reiterating. She'll be there tomorrow as the overall MC, starting at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning at uh, their 22nd and uh, 22nd and Bartlett 22nd between Valencia and Mission. Come and see us. But Roman, you do a yes. show usually uh, between yeah. 1 and 2, is that uh, right? Between noon and 2. Noon to on, 2. Uh, what, uh, tell us a bit about what you have in mind. It's called the Weekly Review, and it's a news program. I go over the news, some local, some national, some international, talk about things that matter to me and matter to a lot of folks that I know, uh, interview community organizers and activists, and bring on local artists, and want to provide a space for people to share their thoughts with the world. Really? And we, and we have an on-air number, which is 415-550-0511. People are always welcome to call here. And also, you can uh, you can take calls, too, can't you? Absolutely. I welcome Absolutely. them. Absolutely. We welcome them. Yes. So here we are, and I think we're going to play a little... Uh, Let's play a little more. We're especially honoring uh, 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 Prince because he suddenly passed. Uh, at only 57, he passed, and people are shocked all over the planet. This is uh, historical, hysterical. So take it away, Prince. We're from the same hometown, Minneapolis. I came west, Dylan went east, and, uh, and Prince stayed there, but he did get around, too. Take it away, Prince. Shock a You need a second opinion. 
is a feeling The lonely cold Sleeping alone or boy young And soon you'll grow old In lust, we will suffer But in love, we will grow Shockadelica is a feeling Nobody should know You're talking about the lonely cold, mama My back is really hurting, and oh, then we'll no. go out with some music, and I think we're going to start early unless somebody else shows up. Oh, yeah, but you right. guys are ready. You're right. up for it, down for it. I'm going to go lie down for a bit, but I'm going to turn it over to you guys, okay? Yeah, we got it. With full faith, you got it. We're going to get right, into well, some get well. and stuff. That's what we're talking do you about. Have your, do you have Perfect. your medication or not? I, I could use a little codeine, but I don't have any left. I got two left, and one I'm saving for tomorrow. Hopefully so have you done that pain, pain management with those people? Well, I got somebody who gives me my uh, prescription for codeine once a month, but now we got all this stuff. That, were, that works for a couple hours. That's pain management to well, me. Well, yeah, but then in the end, you don't have anything, and then you sit there. So That's called pain disbanagement. So if you know of any, if you got any donations of... Uh, I wish I did. Well, then I I wish, if wishes were beggars, horses That's would right. Ride. That's what my aunt used to tell me. Uh, horses <laughs> would have shoes. Yes, yeah. well, maybe they would. Okay. Anytime we're ready, you're ready. Oh, yeah. Yo, hey. Oh. A couple of veterans always say, I am as a veteran. I was a veteran of the war at home. I'm oh, talking what right. was going on way back then up and down Hate Street. Yep. That was talking right about, about Hate Street. That was called, that's uh, the time out of which came the Rolling, uh, Rolling Stones got their music, whether they were or not. They had a song called Street Fighting Man. Maybe we should end with that. Street Fighting Man. That came out at just that time, 1967. Today. I'm a street fighting man. But anyway, we're just realizing, on the same page, they're meeting for the first time, but i got a couple of vets here. Hey, Barry. Yes. So good to have you here. Hey, Richard, so good to see you back. Hey, we're back and we're again. we're coming together. So I wanted to say, <clears throat> I'd let you guys, a couple of vets, talk about what's happening. And so I want to turn this over to you, and you guys cut it up. We have freewheeling conversation. Let's see how this works. Well, uh, do you want, to, want me to do the water thing, and then we'll go slide into the vets thing later after you talk? Well, yeah, it. I'd like to uh, hear Richard. He's going to 
to do something about water. Okay. Perfect. Do it. That's what we'll do. Do it. Do it. Okay, Don't panic. The, you just keep it organic. That's right. Okay. <clears throat> here's the piece. Water, water everywhere where none is fit to drink. Water from bottles, wells, rivers, lakes, streams are all unfit to drink, all polluted by you-know-who. The mother has been so abused, we have mixed materials from different parts of her, then throw it away in different parts, disrupting Earth's system for life to survive, causing diseases without consequence for what the mother's original plans were for the breakdown. We have abandoned mines leaching heavy metals onto the land and the waterways, causing ruination with no one ever paying the consequences except for the, those who live near or in these disasters, who tend to be a lot of poor and native people. Our food supplies are tainted with poisons, radiation, wastewater from the petroleum industries used to grow these crops. Since most poor can't afford the prices of organics, you know who gets the dregs. But don't worry, it's all within safe range for human consumption. We are not the grand experiment. The mother is, and we've failed in taking care of the garden. Maybe that's why we were thrown out of the first garden. We befouled it so. Who's to say the mother's not right? You are fucking up her body, and now she's going to fuck up yours. Maybe that's the Empire's plan, to screw everything up, giving disease to those who live nearby, denuding the area of humans. It's not like we don't have examples of this in our history. Smallpox, blankets, Agent Orange, genocides against indigenous from the lands of the Eagle and Condor, then and now, and don't forget Africa. Lest we forget the American war that I call the Usan Empire's war against countries of Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Laos, that in the end wound up with five million dead. Essentially, no one ever got prosecuted. In that war, people will die for generations. Land areas and waterways befoul, uh, pollute and befouled with Agent Orange, landmines still maiming, killing another one of our legacies. Mother can clean herself, but it will be on her timetable or the chaos of the great universal collisions. It's not like we weren't warned into these times by natives peoples of Turtle Island, whose countries we live on, that became the Usan Empire. Paraphrasing their warning, after everything is gone and you pull the last fish, you won't be able to eat your money. We are fast approaching uh, ecological havoc, waterways and wells with fresh water in areas along the coast and inward will be invaded by salt water as oceans rise. Our drinking water is now being polluted for profit. Flint comes to mind. So do many cities and towns around the Usan Empire where chloramine and ammonia are mixed together in s instead of chlorine because it's cheaper. It eats your pipes, fixtures, releasing lead, kills fish, dialysis, can't use this kind of water and the cancers are here and coming. Again, I'm sure the government and its corporate spokespersons will say it's within safe conditions. Guess what, my adopted city? We have chloramine and ammonia in our water. Rains that come off our oceans are radioactive with cesium-134 and soon tritium if the Japanese are allowed to dump in, a, in the ocean. Talk about karma coming back on us. But you will be told that it, all this dumping will be within safe conditions, nothing to worry about. 
They poison you for profit. Our decay may be slow, but decay we will. The only safe drinking water is melting faster than ever into the oceans, reducing the salt levels. When that's gone, baby, it's gone. There will be the last slaughter, slaughter over the last glass of water. So here we are. Any questions? Any solutions? There is a rumor solidarity is in the womb. Call the midwives. She needs attending. Well, wow. That was awesome, brother. Wow. We speak up for the water. That's right. We Sorry. share water. That's brother. our human, share water. human, human uh, link. We all need water. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, uh, we share water. And, you know, there was a... Uh, uh, a stranger in a strange land back in the 60s and uh, it was all about sharing water and do you grok do you understand what that really means and what it really means is lots of things but uh, and what I'm leading into now you see is I'm leading into because uh, I'm a veteran okay I was in 63 to 66 Navy and uh, I was a you know National Security Agency guy I was kind of like uh, Chelsea Manning no. Uh, only I was like Chelsea Manning in 1964 instead of when he uh, she was in the uh, was in the Navy. But I did the same kind of job, and uh, we spied on Americans. We spied on our allies. We spied on our own troops. I was what was called a buddy fucker. Uh, I was there at one of the listing posts that, uh, during the Gulf of Tonkin, and our information was used to help start that same Vietnam War, uh, which was, by the way, not a war. It was a, uh, a, uh, a, uh, a excuse United Nations uh, police action. And uh, but uh, you know, I kind of disagree with Bernie Sanders when he says the greatest. Uh, poli political mistake ever made in history was the Iraq War. Uh, uh, no, one no. Let's one not, let's, let's, it was one of them. It's one of them. Let's think of another Long one. list. And see, when I was in, I came to re realize that what we were doing as we were bombing uh, Vietnam and and, uh, and and I was watching the bombers go over and, and they were dropping uh, bombs and, and uh, Agent Orange and all of that. It came to me, as among other guys or, and gals who were in the service at the time, that uh, we were not right in doing this. <laughs> so when I got out, my head was a little wrong and about it, I couldn't figure out. So I was living in a tree in Golden Gate Park and then uh, I got woken up, you know, again about a good dream of peace uh, during the, you know, the sort of the birth of the, of the uh, what's now called the uh, flower children. Mm. And um, uh, when that happened, uh, uh, I started on a sort of a trail of gathering in what we called brothers and sisters, which were the people we met on the street that we didn't know, but we had a common vibration. We were kind of, we had a similar eye, a friendly look in our eyes. We call them hip eyes, uh, I, uh, humanly interested people with friendly eyes. Mine was usually filled with fire and anger. Yeah, fire and anger and a little bit of light and not really understanding what the hell was going on. But me, I didn't speak about what I was in and where I'd been and too much. And, of course, I was signed documents that said I shouldn't tell anyone that I'd spied on our own people. So my vibe was, uh, what do I do? And then I had visions and dreams come back to me. And then we moved up in the mountains. And then we started in Washington, for example, and other places. And then we started going out and gathering in guys and gals off the streets 
veterans. Some of them right out of the bush, like three days before, they flew them home. They kicked them out or dropped them out or they got kicked out or they got uh, discharged on the streets of places like Seattle and San Francisco and uh, San Francisco and places. And, they're, and they didn't even know where they were, and essentially. And so some of them were drunk, they'd get wild. So we gathered them up, took them up in the mountains. And we said, you know what? We figured out there's only one thing we can do that I can do. We, I got to do something positive. That's, we've done war, even anti-war is heavy duty for us. But we got to figure out how to do peace. We need to chop wood, carry water, dig shedders, uh, help the people, do something for the people. And so ultimately, we wound up doing what's now called the Rainbow Gatherings that happen every Fourth of July. Okay, uh, and over the Fourth of July, that's one of the things. But along the way. We discovered something. We discovered that I did. I discovered every person I met had a little piece of the vision. Every person I met had a little piece of the dream. Every person I met was wounded in one way or the other and needed each other. And so we started doing something with each other. We shared floors and crash pads. We shared food that we found in dumpsters. We shared... um, we shared space on places like Hippie Hill and we shared things like the herbs of the earth, like cannabis. Mm. And we shared these things. This became part of our culture, an essence of our culture. Because, you know, there's the African and American culture. There's indigenous and Native American culture. And there's kind of a hippie culture, which is kind of the peace culture. And it's the blend. It's the mix. It's the blend of all cultures, the amalgamated culture. Some people say it's the rainbow culture. But really, that's just one vibe of all of that. And in that creed in our culture... One of our very essence and elements is sharing. And every, by the way, I just kind of go into the cannabis vibe, every single law ever made about marijuana, if you really look at it, cannabis, is against sharing. Mm-hmm. Right now in Washington State, it's recreational use, recreational use. But it, I can buy pot in a place, you can buy pot in a place, we can go out, sit in the same house, in a house, not in public. We can each roll our own joint. We can each can smoke it, perfect. but if we hand it to each other, it's against the law. Well, you, you, do, you do remember that uh, Nixon, and the reason why he had the war on marijuana was because it was a war against blacks. Yes. And they sent blacks to... And, and also the anti-war good, left. And that, and that was the other side effect, that it also, since the anti-war movement was using it as their sacrament, that was a double for him. So yeah. that's why there was this war on drugs where the government makes more money off of it than anybody. Yeah. Well, and if you really look at it, if you look way back when, at Reefer Madness, the movie. Oh, God. Okay, if you look in the movie, it's like this. The black people smoke pot, no big deal. The white people smoke pot, no big deal. But as soon as the black man hands the white woman a joint, she goes absolutely bananas. He shared. He distributed, as they call it. This is what I'm really kind of pointing out to folks. Well, actually, I they, thought they were all on speed. I thought it was an anti-speed. No, well, in fact, yeah, when I was... funny. I know, they were all... They were all think <laughs> about it. What I'm saying, kind of pointing out is that uh, we have a creed and a culture. Creed, you know, race, religion, creed, 
Uh, it's in the Constitution. We don't share maybe the same gods a lot of people in what's called the counterculture, the alternative culture, the hippie culture, the peace culture. The, to me, we're not the counterculture. The hippie we icon are Jesus. The, culture. the hippie icon Jesus. Yeah, all of, of whatever you want to call it. Yes. But basically what it is is that we uh, we are the culture. The counterculture is the death culture, the one that makes war and destroys the world. We are the peace culture. We're the nurturing and life culture. And so my vibe is that we deserve, in fact, to be recognized for our culture and laws that oppress our culture, i.e. laws against our right to share, our right to assemble, our right to uh, speak to one another, our right to say, listen, and, and even in, you know, in public places, to be able to say to one another, this is cannabis. And then when we're in a, like a nice place where there isn't other people, we can take maybe even tinctures or food and hand one another food uh, that's marijuana and cannabis laced and it would not be illegal. That's all sharing. And so I'm kind of rolling on with that idea that rolling we are on. a, a oh, creed and we are a Roll culture it, and we are a culture that should in fact be recognized and that we should there should not be oppressive laws against us. Well, I'd say at least we uh, since a good share of the people are listening in, good share of the download of the thousands who are downloading this every week, uh, every our call are, are listening in are participating by listening in for just this reason. And then so we begin now, we that we're sharing with one another. Myself, I go back as the old guy always around now to 1957 when I first shared my first J way back there in 1957. They called them J's, too. Yeah, we did. J's way back there. I think we did, but it gets a little cloudy. Uh, it gets a little cloudy. Ho, ho, ho. But so I've been part of this for some time. So I say, let's just share. Let's keep on sharing. Whether we expect them to hop to, uh, uh, this is going to take time, but we happy to. We've been meeting one another, communicating with another, sharing with one another, as we're going to be t- doing tomorrow, right there at 22nd Mission, at 21st, 4th and Bryant, and everywhere in between. So let's just do it, brother. Okay. Now, I came down out of Montana for a number of reasons. Uh, one was to speak about Leonard Peltier. One was to speak about our creed and our culture. One was to speak about the fact that uh, uh, we're trying really desperately to maintain and keep cannabis liberation going in Montana. We have medical marijuana in Montana, but they've deprived some beautiful people right on my wrist. Uh, I wear a a wristband for the uh, Cash Hyde Foundation, which was a child that was deprived of marijuana in Montana who passed away. And the parents of that child has a foundation, the Cassite Foundation, to try and help other parents and similar. We've had several people die from marijuana being deprived from them. There should be no state lines when it comes to medical marijuana. It's health. It's a health issue. It shouldn't be a state lines issue. It's a health issue. And, you know, as part of that, by the way, in Montana, there's a, a representative, Senator uh, Representative uh, Steve Gaines, who is now a Republican conservative, introducing a bill in Congress to have the, uh, via, uh, the Veterans Administration actually oh, yeah. uh, authorize uh, medical marijuana for veterans. Now, I have on my medical uh, list from the Veterans Administration, I have all my other uh, drugs that I take for heart and prostate cancer, things and other, I have on it listed non-VA prescribed medical marijuana. Now, what I'm up for is this. When 
they finally, uh, the DEA, I understand, is asking for rescheduling. The President of the United States, Obama's asked for rescheduling. Maybe the Congress is looking into it. When it does get rescheduled and they do issue marijuana through the Veterans Administration, at least to veterans, then you know what? The medical marijuana clinics here in California and other places should then be what? A place where I or other veterans can go just like we could go to a hospital. And instead of going to the veterans' hospitals and getting medical marijuana, we could go to our local medical marijuana clinic. Medical marijuana clinics should look into that bill. Okay, that's one thing. And the second part about thing about veterans. We need veterans, brothers and sisters. If the government has in the least amount of respect for us, I mean, us helping doing positive projects like the Rainbow Gatherings and, and, and trying to help cultural events and advance environmental awareness and all these things and stopping the nukes and trying to stop the wars and being veterans for peace, all of that. In and through it all, the herb has become, for some of us, myself, and now there's not only medicine, but it's sacrament, it's for prayer, it's for recreating the good moments in our lives. It's for recreating good moments with friends. And you know, as veterans, we should stand up, go on to federal lands, and smoke marijuana. Plant and say up. To the government say, Plant stop, the, Plant stop the oppression. Plant uh, some. Like Johnny Appleseed, Johnny Veteran Appleseed. Maybe I, Johnny Appleseed was a veteran of the Civil War or something that was even before that, I think. But let's so let the vets of today, I'm talking to you, Barry. Well, I'm talking to be, be, be like a Johnny Appleseed. Wherever you go, leave some seeds in your place. Why not? Well, uh, I don't want to throw any dampers on this because I'm for it. But I, I, one of the things that we, you and I were talking about earlier uh, that I would like to see maybe expanded some point on the show is why are these native people dying? Oh, yeah. And, and, and what is the purpose behind that? Is the same purpose with the vets. Absolutely. Is the same purpose with most things where the government can wait you to death and you die before they ever get to you. And that's what's going on with the vets. It started with the native people. They're still waiting. They're still dying. And when we sent them to schools, or we've driven them crazy that they begin to drink and have mental issues and they die, that frees up the land that the government takes and gives it to the bankers and to the military people to mine their, their lands for uranium. You know, we need to talk about where all this poison's coming from. It's coming from the earth. The earth put it there to keep us safe. That was her plan. Whether it was or not, I don't know. Well, but that's what happened. And now we have dug up her refuse and her shit, and it's killing us because she's paying back. You were not supposed to have done it to begin with. Mm -hmm. And who was dying? Our native brothers and sisters on these lands. And the people who live in those areas, as I pointed out earlier, so, you know, we've got to get to the truth of it as well. Why, they've got us fighting. they got us fighting for our rights. They want to take away the vet's uh, health plans and put it into private hands. Oh, they yeah. want to do Whoa. everything. They're doing that with everything we own. We own these airways, and now they got us paying for it. Yeah. Rather, yeah. you know, so, and the vets are paying the price for, for you know, being who they are for whatever reasons they went, whether it was a draft or whether it's because of the poverty draft or because of thinking that they thought the government was right and find out later, well, it never was, you know. Oh. Well, you know, part of that also is uh, the old, a lot of the, the tribal people, 
they did not have exactly like uh, the kind of hierarchies that were imposed on them. They had yeah, tribal governments people were not individuals, the, yeah. and they and they lived in, in in what would be called a consensus anarchy. Yeah. they lived in a state anarchy. of of uh, individual choice and freedom, and and uh, if they chose not to rise and, and ride in the morning, they would not. And you know, but there were some great, great people who came along who really looked after their people. Crazy Horse was one of them. Leonard Peltier is another one of those. John Peltier, uh, uh, John Trudell, uh, John Trudell was one of those kinds of people looked after Bill their Wapapa. people. But you know, in all of these people in the cities, yeah. there are tribes too. They call them gangs, but they're tribes. They're communities. They're neighborhood tribes, and they, the government used the same method. They said, "Aha." You're a gang. You're not a people, uh, and you're not you're not like uh, a good tribe. You're not a good gang. You're 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 not good well, for your neighborhood. The, the, the and question those is, gangs and those tribes, those are tribal peoples, and it, those same tribal people and and the, and the uh, and the Native American tribal peoples, they've all used the same methods to try and wipe out all of these tribal vibrations, the community vibrations. The government is all against this because why? Because there's no way they control individuals. There's no way they control uh, the uh, tribes of people who come together as individuals and stand with each other, look after each other, and look after their neighborhoods. Well, they can't have anarchy, and that's what that's what that is. You can't have a people uh, tell, uh, say that this is what they want and this is how they're going to live, and there's an agreement on that. Big governments don't like that because they can't control them. That's why they're always trying to kill them off. Yeah, and uh, right now, you know, speaking of which. There's governments across the world fighting in here, and there's refugees all over the planet, we know. But right here in America, there's a lot of refugees. And I'm not just talking about the folks that are coming across the border from the south or from the north or from the oceans. I'm talking about American refugees, the homeless. There's millions of people on the streets in this country, and they are homeless, and they're refugees, just like everyone else. People are all out to looking out for refugees. If you're going to be standing up for refugee sanctuary, then let's have some refugee sanctuary for the homeless of the streets of, of America. There's over six or seven million children living in the streets, folks. Yeah. You know, look around yeah. you, and there's what, over a hundred, what, Richard, you say over a hundred thousand veterans are in the street, aren't they? Well, uh, you at know, least, at least maybe more, many more. Uh, but the, but even uh, worse is that one in five suicides is a vet. Yeah, one in five, and there's a big rap on suicides today. And you know what it is? Well, there's drugs being given to these uh, young yeah. vets. Well, uh, the government's be, be, pushing besides, more drugs in the street. Well, besides the fact that the, uh, the, uh, the post-traumatic stress issue, when they come back, if they say to the to their uh, doctor, "I'm depressed," they immediately get out that that pad because they're in cahoots with the with the uh, farm industry, pharmaceutical industry. And what they do is, if you say you're depressed, they start writing these uh, these prescriptions to you. Now, young vets are always used to saying yes. They don't know that they have a right to say no. I don't want to take these drugs. Most of them don't, unfortunately. So they do what they're told, and they take these drugs, and these drugs sometimes are 20, 25 drugs, and they're the ones you hear on TV about, well, it can possibly side effects could be suicide thoughts, and, and there's a mixture of these drugs that they're giving them. So then they wonder why these young men are going crazy, and why they, why the, why they well, kill I, themselves. I'm service-connected, post-traumatic stress disorder, severe depressive disorder, 50%, yeah. and when I was hospitalized a number of years ago, 
the way they got me out of the hospital was they gave me drugs. Yeah. And then basically, it came down to the only way we're going to let you out of this hospital is with drugs, even though I had my escape plan ready and all of that. And so I took the drugs all off, which is like, you know, Prozac, very powerful. And I took it for a short period of time, and then I realized it was really screwing my head up, so I stopped taking it. I passed out, I woke up, and I had absolutely no memory whatsoever. And after a long time, it, my memory came back in pieces, and I had people reminding me. And I went to the VA, and I said, hey, what the hell is this? You know what they said? Never had that ever happened before with anyone else, which is, by the way, not exactly true. Oh, yeah, I'm And, sure. uh, you know, uh, the, my vibe is this, see. Cannabis is one way I... Me personally help my body, and it's one way that I personally help my mind get centered and keeps me on a path, a more positive path. What was when that? My stress comes on me. I can use some marijuana and move my head along. And you know what? So there should be cannabis liberation, and there should be cannibalism liberation for uh, healing for people. And if there is cannibalism liberation, let's talk amnesty. Let's get mm -hmm. our people out yeah, of jail, yeah. man. There's <laughs> millions in jail. Uh, I'd just like to say one more thing before one I go. One more thing, good. Um, is, uh, I want people to remember Thomas Young. Uh, he was that young vet who, uh, who who, um, believed all the crap went over he first time out he got shot uh, right uh, below the neck and he was uh, paralyzed there's a movie out um, uh, called body of war it was put out uh, uh, and you should watch it he died uh, last year and he also wrote a letter to the Bush administration but the sad part is is when you see the movie he's sitting there he'll he, he, he needs every kind of care you can imagine and more and he's sitting there watching them laugh about did you find those weapons of mass destruction and Bush is laughing the press is laughing and Shoot. this man sits there as the result of what they did and so this you probably find on YouTube eh? yeah yeah it's called, it's called body, body of, of war, body of Good. war. Let's watch that. There's a footnote. Watch Body of War. Do you have anything else? Because we're going to wind up with that because this is a to be continued. And you know, Barry. I just want to say I love you, brothers and sisters out there. And I just like to say, you know, we do rainbow gatherings for peace every 4th of July and, uh, and all over the world now. We circle in peace and uh, we try to say, folks, let's do this change of the world. Let's, let's, let's do whatever changes without weapons. Let's do it together. Let's stand up together as individuals. You know, we can really do that. It's not a matter of tearing down the world in order to rebuild it. It's a matter of us joining together and lifting each other up. And, you know, we need to lift each other up. And now is a good time to do it. And, and so peace with all of you, and thank you so much. And, and of course, we're no farther away than our uh, phone call. When you're back there in Missoula, you can always call in at our on-the-air line, and we'll put you right there. And uh, there we be, and here we be, as you see. E.K. is here. Yes. Hey. We're going to play a little music, and E.K. is going to wind up with what we're doing, because tomorrow, of course, is going to be... Oh, and I just got a call from Jorge Molina who does the four direction ceremony every year at uh, every year at uh, Poems Under the Dome and he's going to be there at 10 at our joint prayer 10 o'clock at the 22nd Street stage tomorrow with Val and myself and we're going to be doing a joint prayer about just these things that we're talking about right here so Val why don't you EK why don't you come in why don't you put some music on okay, again? We'll, take we'll a break, some, uh, break we'll put on some John Trudell John Trudell perfect have EK join us I want you to listen to this man speak. 
His name is John Trudell. We understand that the issue is the land. The issue is the earth. We cannot change the political system. We cannot change the economic system. We cannot change the social system until the people control the land and then we take it out of the hands of that sick minority that chooses to pervert the meaning and the intention of humanity. There was trouble in Custer, South Dakota yesterday after Trans President Johnson transmits the bill to Congress as Attorney General. The great lie is that it is civilization. not civilized it's been the most it's been it has been literally the most bloodthirsty brutalizing system ever imposed upon this planet that is not civilization that's the great lie is that it represents civilization that's the great lie or if it does represent civilization and that's truly what civilization is then the great lie is that civilization is good for us but i think that we really need to put serious thought into understanding that we're dealing with a disease you know it's like there's this predator energy on this planet and this predator energy feeds upon the essence of the spirit feeds upon the essence of the human being the spirit predator energy can take fossil fuel and, and other resources out of the earth, turn it into fuel to run a machine system. But in order for there to be a need for that system, and in order for that system to work, they have to mine our minds to get at the essence of our spirit same way the external mining takes place, it pollutes. We see now, people understand how it poisons the environment, the water, the air, pollution. The mining of the essence, the mining of the spirit, mining our minds, the pollution from that is all of the neurotic, distorted, insecure behavior patterns that we develop. That's the pollution. Because in order for this predatory system, this disease, to work, we must not be able to use our minds in a clear, coherent manner. Because if we use our minds in a clear, co coherent manner, we will not accept the unacceptable. But it's a disease that lives and travels through the mind, through the generations. Back to the Common Thread Collective. And speaking of finding that common thread, here be our sister E.K. Keith. Uh, so good to see you. Hey, Dave. Hey, Roman. Hello. It's a beautiful day. Are y'all enjoying it? We're Absolutely. enjoying it. Uh, no end. Uh, in fact, the end is not in sight. I know. We'll be going to end is not in sight. And uh, tomorrow is going to be uh, E.K. Roman is here because E.K. is getting a special honor for, by her school for all that she's done. Roman is sitting in. And uh, tomorrow, of course, is going to be, uh, I hope you're going to be there, is going to be uh, uh, Cesar Chavez Earth Day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I believe in social justice, and I live on Earth. And you're not far away either. It's going to be a, so we're going to have a prayer. I just I want to announce to people. So I just got the car at 10 o'clock. 
on the 22nd seed stage before we have that uh, march, that stroll, that saunter to bring Cesar Chavez and Earth Day together here on the planet. We're going to have a prayer, collective prayer of all, of all genres, saying, uh, Rumi, there are hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. Uh, kneel and kiss the ground. And I just want to announce uh, Jorge Molina is going to be there at 10 o'clock to do a Four Directions for the 22nd Street stage. We're going to open up. Val is going to be the MC, And so it'll be the beginning at 10. So, E.K., if you could come by, it will, it will make that natural connection. Sounds like a good plan, Dave. I'm well, in. we're making that plan as we uh, by the seat of our pa- pants, as we say. That's the way we roll around here. And that's, that's, that's going to be the 23rd tomorrow. And then the tw- 28th, with his next Thursday, is what? It is the 11th annual Poems, Poems Under, Under the, the Dome. Dome. It's going to be a beautiful event this year. I think today is actually the 20th poetry event that I've been to since April 1st to promote oh, Poems Under the Dome. I've been, I've been to open mics in every part of San Francisco. And you know what? It's been awesome. <laughs> I bet it is there, to meet the people. Yes, yeah, so and many what voices. Do you find out that uh, a lot of people, the, 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 the idea of Poems Under the Dome is new to them, or they've heard about it, and they're so glad it's still continuing and want to be part of it, or all of the above? Yeah, I had uh, the, the person who won at Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts oh, Open right. Mic. It was last night. It was yeah. last night. It was really, really good. Um, Andreina and Stephanie put on a wonderful oh, show. Oh, Stephanie, they are so amazing. It's so too. welcoming well, and, and so inviting and just delightful to enjoy and participate in. Um, yeah, the 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 winner last night was like, oh, I've always wanted to read at Palms Under the Now. Wow. And I was like, well, that's perfect. And I was like, all right, you know, and now, and I, you know, we've got a community representative who's super excited about it. So for everybody else who wants to participate, you know, I go around and I get these community representatives. Um, But on the evening of the event, we pull names out of a hat in a free lottery. The whole event is free. Um, I've also been really making sure to let people know that this is an all ages event. There's no age discrimination at Palms Under the Dome. So... And, and City Hall is perfectly, it's the most perfectly accessible building in San Francisco. So everybody is welcome. It's easy to, to come in. And it's also great for young people because there really aren't that many all-ages events in San Francisco right. for, for writers who can't go to a bar, for example. You know, so it's going to be fun. And at 4 o'clock, uh, it's a good time to let people know right now, uh, John Avalos... Who's always my man? Who for? Who's now getting turned out as, as his last uh, walk down those marble steps? Yeah. When we have that procession from his office, which will be the reception starting at four or so, and uh, well, well, this, well, the uh, poems on the dome is a spoken word. There's no reason why the uh, reception has to be the spoken word, <laughs> in which we have some special favorites, who are regulars here. I'm talking about Trio Cambio. All right. They're going to be singing together at John Avalos's office right there in City Hall about uh, People United Shall Never Never Be Defeated, Trio Cambio. That's right. And also one of our great geniuses, I'm talking about Felicia, yep. is also going to be performing there at 4 after 4 o'clock in Avalos's office. And then we'll have that walk down the steps. And do we have any feature... Uh, 
Is there any feature like last year we had? Well, uh, so, you know. Yeah, tell us more about it. Yeah, I so don't we, know. I want know, you to tell me. We, we don't really have features, but we do have these spaces for community representatives. And um, we, we will be honored to have some space that, you know, we like to reserve for the youth voice. So we have two students from Burton High School, which is a public school here in San Francisco. We've also got um, a couple of young poets coming from St. Ignatius, and that should be really cool. And then we have a, a middle school slam team from Pacifica, and that I think is going to be really special. Oh, I like to goodness. hear those young voices. You know, they have a, a really deep perspective. They do. Mm-hmm. And myself is kind of had the original vision. And I think they call me, what does they call me on the poster? Whatever, I'll be welcoming people. I'll be the elder of the elders here, probably, <laughs> as it seems to be true for quite some time now, to welcome everybody, and all ages will be uh, welcomed, and uh, hopefully we can have food for the body, mind, and spirit in John Avalos's office, yep. and so come on through. That's a pretty good, nice space, so come on through, and it'd be happening. Yeah, so just... Anything else we should be adding to the mix there, well, sister? Well, I just want to reiterate... Reiterate. ...that it's free. Awesome. And it's free, free, free. <laughs> Of and it's it's free. It's open to everybody. And if you to get in the building, it's free. If you want to put your name in the hat to, to get a reading slot, it's free. Um, it's it's an open mic celebration of National Poetry Month. It's unique. It is Thursday, April twenty eighth, twenty sixteen. That is next week, from five thirty to eight o'clock p.m. in the North Light Court in City Hall. Of course, you know we will start under the rotunda and go on in there. Um, here in San Francisco, California. Did I mention that it's free? Free, free. But I want to say this too. Uh, yesterday, I talked to my daughter Grace. Yeah. Who happens to be also a what kind of barian? A librarian. <laughs> Not a fresh air, but a fresh airian, but a fresh airian librarian. And she said, Guess what, Dad? I just did poems under the dome. She's a branch manager in the Brooklyn Public Library of the Pacific Branch. And they did uh, poems under the dome there. It's a, it's a uh, Carnegie kind of library with a balcony with the books above and so on. Oh, kind of a poems cool. under. She did it there. And she said, Dad, it was a big success. The youth really showed up and they're so enthusiastic. They so wanted to happen, so wanted to happen. So that's going to be a regular event. So when we talk about spinoffs, that'll be a spinoff, and I think others will be doing. So that's my daughter that's Grace, awesome. who's got her master's degree in library and her M- from uh, Pratt and her MSW in social work from uh, NYU, and there she'll be doing it. Hey, Grace, so good. And you got a little piece of paper there. Are you going to read something? Well, well, I was going to mention for the tech savvy. That there's a website with oh, all please. the details. It's www.poemdome.net. P-O-E-M-D-O-M-E dot cast a wide net. Now, I put up there uh, uh, this morning because, you know, they have this thing on Facebook where they give you a memory from four or five years ago, something you'd forgotten. And what went up today, but, uh, but from a past four or five years ago, Palm Dome. So I put it up there, but we're waiting, and I'm sure that eventually, probably pretty, hopefully pretty soon, this year's poster should be going up there under Poe. Is that right? It is. So um, look for it. Let know, me know. Our, look for our it. artist, like many artists, ha- got displaced from his studio this year. I know year. that. Shoot. And it's, 
it's been uh, it's it's been a challenge to get art done. He's he's been uh, working in cafes and in public libraries, and it's really that's a different experience than having a studio. And so he's doing real well. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're gonna have it this weekend. Perfect, because he's the one. Yeah. He's done every one but one, I believe. That's right. Every one, but and so it's, you can recognize it right off because of the style, the inking, yeah. the black and white. He's probably doing the inking now because there's always a lot of inking work. It's part and parcel of his style, as I'm right. His yeah. poem under the dome style. That's right. So that'd be happening. You have something you'd like to read? Yeah. We're about to. We're gonna end with some music, yeah. but I think we're gonna end early because, hey, by all means, give us some poetry. Some sister? poetry. Yeah. Please. Of course, um, without a doubt. All right. Well, I I got really I was, you know. I don't know. But I, you can before tell I me. came on, I I was I got really interested in what y'all were talking about on the radio here, at Mutiny Radio, and uh, I met Barry, who is, you know, seems pretty cool. Old friend of mine. And I was years. listening to him and Richard Sanderell. Oh my goodness. And. Um, you know, I've, I've actually been, been writing, doing a little writing around some similar concerns. And so this poem is titled Inevitable Recidivism. America reaches for delusional bootstraps that slap back like a belt whipping people of minimum wage. America believes it's criminal to be crazy in the land of the free samples and the home of the brave soldiers who trade their sanity for false promises of the future in the poverty draft. America won't hire veterans or felons, not even if you've served your time. Mass incarceration breeds a culture of alienation and America's self-hatred is inevitable recidivism. For all the problems that she's caused them, America blames her children, and she solves them like a voracious mother who oh eats goodness. her young. Oh. Wow. So, yeah, Dude. so it was really, uh, you know, kind of, kind of connecting with some of the all the time. Well, it's how we encourage one another. This is called the, uh, the Common Thread Collective because that's what we're about is casting that white and finding that common thread, encouraging one another, supporting one another, loving one another, gathering together, 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 together. Hey, VK, thanks for coming once again tomorrow. Thanks, Dave. 10 o'clock, 22nd Earth Day, Cesar Chavez Day, and then Thursday which will be uh, the day before next week's show. We'll bring some of the people back by next Friday from some of the show, from some of the poems on the dome, invite them down to uh, do whatever they want to do right here. How's oh, that? That sounds great. Because everything is indeed connected. And here goes <laughs> yep. Barbara. Barbara, do, do you have something you'd like to read? Oh, where is he? Well, anyway, we're about to wind up. Okay, oh, we, we're, we got some music. So, so yeah. anyway, E.K., see yeah, you there. Oh, you look, so, you look so beautiful. Take care uh, of yourself. Something's going well with you, I can tell. You know, I took a nap before I came over. That's a good idea. <laughs> Nothing, a little nap. I need that. My, oh, ouch, ouch, ouch. But anyway, so let's put some music on. And uh, thanks for coming, sister. Thanks, Dave, for all you do. See everybody tomorrow, 10 o'clock. They were, there will be. Oh, oh, oh. 
everybody for listening in, for participating, for gathering together. I want to remind people a couple of things. One, Wednesday, April 27th, it's going to be the first time in, I think, 30 years, maybe ever, that aid, um, AFT, that's the American Federation of Te Teachers 2121. Are you a member of AFT? EK? Uh, yes. Well, hey, what's, hey, what's AFT 2121? That's a great question. That's what well, I'm about to answer it then. <laughs> that's City College's AFT local. Super cool. And have you heard uh, that they're having their first uh, one-day strike? Really? On the 28th, on the 27th of Wednesday. And they want people to come and join the, uh, we'll be doing it Monday as a student there, a longtime learner. I'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, because as students, we're going to be out. And then Wednesday, I'm just going to read the poster here. I want you to give us a strike. Strike for, this, for the City College of San Francisco, for the City College that San Francisco deserves. Join the picket line. Right Maybe you could put that out there. Wednesday, April 27th, from 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. Wow. And that's going to be at every campus. That's great. Every campus. I'll be at Ocean, but Mission, every campus. Um, uh, Bayview, every campus. Right. Chinatown, every campus. Uh, downtown, every campus. We'll be there 6.30. All campuses, all classes, all day. Faculty working conditions are student learning conditions. Stand up. So strike. I'll be there on the line Wednesday, August 27th. And then, uh, uh, and of course, the day after that is Poems Under the Dome. Yeah. And that will be uh, 4 o'clock. Come, come to join us at John Avalos if you can't do that. Join us at the top of the steps if you can't do that. Or uh, as, as we've done every year, our brother Jorge Molina will be doing his four directions under what? Under what? Under the under dome. Under the dome, day. And so we'll be doing that. Uh, so avoid all rumors of cancellation. It'd be happening. <laughs> is that right? It's happening. It's going to be And awesome. Jorge is also going to be at 10 in the morning tomorrow. On the 22nd Street stage of uh, Earth Day, Sue Chavez Day, and uh, he's going to do. I'm, I'm going to. I've been asked to with Val, our co-host, on all some of a number of these events. Is that right? That's right. Val, she's going to be the uh, the, the MC for uh, uh, for uh, for uh, uh, Earth Day. And I'm going to come up with her at 10 o'clock or just before with Hori Molina. And we're going to do four directions and a collective prayer right there to kick it off in a good way. It's going to be beautiful. So somehow it's all connected. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, an important way to honor our planet and where we live and ourselves. And all connected right it's here. All connected. And like I, I'll start like I began. At city, in the city, on the planet, and, the, and in the street. Did we plan it? I can't say we did, but we're working on it. Yeah. That's why everything falls into place in a good way. So, uh, so uh, Roman. Yes. You're always welcome here. Thank you. Uh, stick around. That's oh. why I like to see it, because you have been sticking around. And EK, next Friday, day after Poems Under the Dome, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a reunion right here. Sounds good. At 3 o'clock right here. So let's make it happen. It will be happening, and it is happening. That's right. Thanks a lot, folks. All right.
with uh, Val is on the line. She, she went hey everybody, how's it going over there at Mutiny Radio today? You should mention this thing because it's a it's your Oh yeah? So your day was good, Val? Yeah, day was great. I, I spent the afternoon as the guest speaker at my high school alma mater here in San Francisco, St. Ignatius College Prep. They've been educating in the Jesuit tradition here in San Francisco since 1855. And uh, it was really cool to talk to the young writers and poets of, of, of their community and uh, try to broaden their horizons and uh, give, give, them, give them some, uh, I don't know, give them some gifts, give them some golden nuggets, I suppose. Um, you know, they, they've got a lot already going for them. They've got a lot of uh, opportunities through that particular school. But um, it's nice to, to, to kind of take them outside their bubble for, for a little while and uh, – and uh, I got to share some poetry with them. Oh, wonderful. Is there yeah. anything you'd like to, to read now on the air? Sure. That'd great. be great. So um, I want to remind everybody and invite everybody down to City Hall next this coming Thursday, the 28th. Show up by 5 so you can be there for the community blessing for the 11th annual Poems Under the Dome. It's going to be a great event. Readings start at 5.30 and end at 8 o'clock sharp. One poem in three minutes or less, if your name is so chosen out of the big green hat. Uh, we'd love to celebrate poetry in our city. So here's a little poem, just a small one, um, about nothing too serious. <laughs> what a great comfort to find myself in the fog. Everything outside it is quieted. And I, in nature's master suite, walls illuminating privacy, so softly surrounded, gently protected, being dusted by powdery water molecules, a dancing dew, delivering solitude in an otherwise ornery world. Thanks for tuning in to Mutiny Radio for the Common Thread Collective. This is Global Val. Hope to see you out at Earth Day and Cesar Chavez Day tomorrow. Uh, Saturday the 23rd for some great community uh, inspirational speakers and uh, music and and fun and food and uh, hope to see you there. Thanks awesome. Roman Thank for you. taking taking over the taking the reins of the common thread today and uh, lots of love to Diamond Dave and EK and everybody else who's there and we'll see you next week awesome. next Friday. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks again for calling in, Val. Absolutely. Thank you, Roman. Peace, sure. all. Peace. All right. And we have one more reader for today. Hi, Roman. Hi. Um, my poem really is called Purple. Um, it's another Jack Michelin inspiration. He wrote a lot of poems about color, including one called Blue and Orange. So this is for Jack um, and for other great people that have I've known and not known, that some of whom have died very recently. Um, anyway, purple seems to be a good color for today. Yes, yes. And um, thank you, Prince. May you rest in purple peace. Purple. Purple for the people lost this century so far. 
Such a multicolored, multi-layered life we live. Sometimes it's just an undocumented fiasco. It's purple because it is blood red with a hint of blue for our sadness. People we've lost, big and little, that sadness, sometimes it's more red, sometimes it's blue. We think of our lost poets. I think of Prince, Jack Michelin, Whitman, Vampire Mike, Joey, Alfonso, so many, right from here. They told me I might re be related to Ram Das. He shares my birthday. Fathers, also I lost two this year. I think of all of them together. There's more, but the purple poem must end soon. Sometimes Prague is still waiting for me. Its rivers run purple at night, like a poem I once knew, like a poet, like that friend Laura of mine, her sapphire purple eyes. Thank you. Oh, beautiful. And I was just thinking of poem uh, Roberto Vargas. When it was first way back then, as a, he was one of the founders of the Mission Cultural Center, Neighborhood Arts. And he had a poem that I first heard that brought it back to me about the purple sidewalks of the mission. So the sidewalks of the purple, and that was a long, long time ago where he spoke of the purple sidewalks of the mission. So it's all connected, it's all beautiful, it's all great. And Roman, thanks a lot. Have you got any purple rain? Uh, yeah, I can definitely pull up yeah, some purple rain. Yeah, let's have a little rain us. to take us out. Purple! Purple. And it was such a rainy Purple. day. Purple. Yep. You passed with flying colors, Roman. Oh, good. I, I didn't realize it was a test, but uh, I'm glad to have passed. <laughs> All you have to do is uh, show up, right? That's right. <laughs> well, I had a, a lovely time with everyone here today. Well, it's Spike, not Spike Mulligan, uh, uh, Spike... Uh, who was it who wrote the Two Sisters movie? The actor. He's the one who said 90% of success is showing up. I made it. And you made it. All right, no one turned away for being late. Go ahead, Derry B, Purple Rain. Thanks a lot. We'll be playing uh, Purple Rain. Uh, there's a technical difficulty right there, so please stay tuned to the 
For the end here of Common Thread Collective, you're listening to Mutiny Radio. And here's a live performance of Purple Rain that hopefully everyone can enjoy.
back to the Common Thread Collective, and we have a caller. Hello? Hi there. Um, please feel free to get started. Uh, am I on the air? You are on the air, yes. Oh, hey, everybody. It's Rain. Hi, Rain. Hey. This is Roman. Hey, I've been sitting in for Val. Uh, Dave uh, Dave uh, headed out. We, we wrapped up the show a little bit early, but we still have a little bit of time before the next show comes in. So please oh, uh, share cool. your words with us. Awesome. Well, <laughs> this is Rain calling in from Missoula with a little bit of Earth Day poetry. And here we go. You might um, catch a little reverberation of this poem. Each line is five words long. And this is my ode to the earth. Edible, appetizing, ravenous, taste, hunger, earth. It Abundant, regenerating, transcendental hummus, earth. Eclectic affinities rebound, transgress heritage, earth. Evil, arrogant raiders terrorize humanity, earth. Enemy, artillery, resounding, tortured hearts, earth. Evident atrocities recognized, terminable hurdles, earth. Eliminate apathy, refuse that hesitation, Earth. Eventually, all relationships test hierarchy, Earth. Envision action, refusing tyrannical holds, Earth. Effective activity, rallying truth, hope, Earth. Encourage audacious responsibility, tenable honor, Earth. Empathetic awareness, receptive, trustworthy heirlooms, earth. Embody appreciation, reciprocation, tolerance, humaneness, earth. Essential affirmations realign, transmute hollowness, earth. Echoes awaken relationships to home, earth. Entities accrete, resolve terrestrial homage, earth. Eclipse adversity, retain triumphant harmonies, earth. Encompass awesome realities, tribal heartlands, earth. Empowering artistic revivals, thwart hindrances, earth. Endless authenticity recreates tantamount hand-me-downs, earth. Erasmus anchovy reads today's horoscope, earth. Enchant archaic rhythms, touch healing embers, allow resurrecting tones, hearthside entrance, ancestors return, tracking humility, entreat ablution's resonance, transmit heartfelt emotion, accelerate reparations to harness ecological alignment, realize transcendental heroism. Earth, here we are, full of heart. And if my phone didn't die, that means you can still hear me. Yes. And sending my love from Missoula for all you mutinous troublemakers out there. I hope you're having an amazing Earth Day, feeling grounded and at home. Yes. Thank you so much for calling in, Rain. You're welcome. Sending some love back your way. Have a beautiful day. You too.
Peace. Peace. All right. Thanks again to Rain for calling in. And this has been Common Thread Collective. Stay tuned to Mutiny Radio. This is Roman Reimer. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, everybody. And uh, stick around. Got more shows coming right up. And here we go. And in the meantime, we'll just uh, be getting ready for the the next show to to come on up. And one moment. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com For the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need. And live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF. Visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground 
Fun Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk. Come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year? If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. Mm 
People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco.
You smell bad, 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 you smell b